The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope you all had an amazing day. It's an amazing morning so far. Because today is Wednesday. It's August 16th. And today is National Airborne Day. It's also National Rum Day, all you lushes out there. On top of National Roller Coaster Day and National Tell a Joke Day because we live in America. That's right. And thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there at the top hand corner of your screen to see where we live at the internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, pretty soon we're going to be on a whole bunch of other platforms too. But nonetheless, we are going to kick it off with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite, the professional backflop the professional backpedaler, and the professional backstroker. That's right. It's none other than the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Anytime, anytime. You say uh, back plop? Jesus, flop. Back, back, back flopper. Back flopper is like a belly flop, but reverse. All right. Okay. Right. I'll take it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, All right. There we go. All right. But um, today, do we have Roz in here? I know Nicole was trying to get Roz on to comment on the story. I don't know about know any of that. Able. All right. Well, if uh, she is able to, somebody can give me the heads up. Because uh, without a doubt, to comment on the story. All right. So my story is coming from Green Market Report today. Uh, just Tilt Holdings cuts their social equity brands with no warning. It was 2016 when I decided to call it quits on a 10-year career in corporate finance and jump back into the cannabis industry. I sold weed to pay my bills after college 15 years before, but never imagined I'd someday have the opportunity to jump in the game legally. My homeboy plugged me in with a retail software firm called Baker Technologies out of Denver, and it was my uh, the first company to do online ordering, digital loyalty, and SMS marketing exclusively exclusively for cannabis companies. They just raised a few million but it was having trouble breaking into the California market. I was the only boots on the ground for Baker and in less than two years took over 42% market share in the toughest territory in the game. It helped me secure our spot 
as one of the industry's first unicorns and in a position to go public late 2018 in a reverse three-way merger becoming Tilt Holdings. Upper management promised me a 150K base salary if I stayed on board through the process. And the fact that I had a decent amount of equity tied in already, it seemed like a no-brainer to me. Right before our SEC mandated 60-day silent period, I was called into HR, accused of selling cocaine to our clients to gain leverage and secure deals they didn't believe that I could close on my own. I was pissed. I felt betrayed. But in my head, we were IPOing in a couple of months. And uh, when my equity hit that strike price, I'd have seven figures in the bank and just bounce. Racism would have just been the cost paid to benefit off of capitalism. We were supposed to IPO at around $5, but uh, Tilt lied on their SEC filings. And we ended up just over three. I stayed on board a few months later and they never followed through with their salary promise either. Instead, they tried to re-sign me to the same base 85K I ended up with at Baker and uh, just to build up another vertical under Tilt like I did with them, I declined. My equity strike price was 525. Tilt's trading today at two cents per share. Moral of the story, I should have taken uh, Maya Angelou's advice. When people show you who they are, believe them. So Sally was no surprise to me when Nicole Buffong uh, sent me today's story about Tilt Holdings cutting their social equity brands with no warning and stepping away from its partnership with New York Shinnecock Nation. The brands that Tilt dropped were Her Highness, a female-centric brand based in New York and founded by Laura Eisman and Allison Krongard. Heisman founded by former NFL star Ricky Williams and Black Buddha Cannabis, founded by M4MM founder and CEO, Roz McCarthy. For the report, all were released with little to, to no warning. Interim CEO Tim Condor said this, Tilt is evaluating and, re and rationalizing our brand and product portfolio as we refine our strategy. In doing so, we, be, uh, we came to the hard realization that Her Highness Heisman and Black Buddha are not the right long-term fit given the direction we are headed. And we really are not the right partner for them given the support they need to build their brands. We're working collaboratively with these brands' respective teams through this transition to ensure that we support them the best way that we can as they offboard from our platform. Apparently nobody told Roz. The partnership with Black Buddha was a huge business win for the M4MM boss last year and a giant PR victory for Tilt. It was made with a great fanfare back then when uh, former CEO Gary Santo was in charge and Condor was on the board. She also fumed at the company's abandonment of female and minority owned brands. Here's what she said in the article. You kept other brands that weren't diverse. So what are you trying to say here? You got rid of the woman owned, the black owned, and the woman and black owned brand. How do I take that? I never wanna hear from Tilt that they are focused on social equity. The surprise announcement came in the middle of a capital raise for, and McCarthy said a potential investor backed out because of the news, leaving her scrambling to find a new partner and to distribute the self-funded brand's product. As a brand, we're committed to Massachusetts and Pennsylvania, but now we have to recenter. It's not fun times, she said. In the most recent earnings announcement, Wander, uh, Condor said that Tilt would be focusing on its Jupiter va uh, vape business, an area that the company has been experiencing declining sales. For the article, analyst Pablo uh, Zuanic 
uh, questioned the shift in the focus to Jupiter, noting that the race to the bottom pricing in the category. Condor said that going forward, Tilt will deepen their moat with existing and prospective hardware customers by helping them expand their business into new markets through their cannabis operations. The company is, however, retaining partnerships with Old Pal Cannabis, co-founded by Rusty Williken and Jason Osney, who say they want to create the PBR of cannabis, and Aspen, Colorado-based Toast, which sells filtered cigarette-style pre-rolls. When people show you who they are, believe them. I'm Rico Lamite, dopest dad on the street. Love to hear from you all on this. No one should be shocked. Um, I don't know why people are shocked at things like this. I've represented a number of social equity people. And when I read the documents they got themselves into, um, they have little to no control over their life, their future. And these big corporations are looking at profitability and just taking a machete out. And you're right, when you figure out whose arm they're ready to cut off, um, it does warrant some discussion about why they're taking these brands out and bringing the PBR on. Nick Bradley um, made a good point, um, or actually asked a good question in the in the comments that said, basically, um, are, are, did they give Ricky Williams a social equity license? Was that correct, Rico? They didn't give him a license, but they were taking on, um, last year they were making a push to show themselves as social equity and um, BIPOC friendly brand. And they took on uh, Black Buddha Cannabis, um, Heisman, and a bunch of women-owned brands. Um, and then they made the big splash by partnering with Shinnecock Nation, saying that they were gonna distribute and help them supply uh, products um, in New York on the Indian Reservation. There's a couple of things that come to my mind here. First, I had no idea that Her Highness was a social equity brand. They've been attempting to launch in multiple states over the course of the last several years. I'm really surprised to hear that. Um, Secondly, now this is a sign of the times, right? Only so many brands are going to make it in the market. To me, it's a little bit it's daunting that any company would take on so many brands and then just release them out of nowhere without any real conversation. I mean, that's that's crazy to me. Um, and poor leadership on behalf of that company from the get-go because, again, like I've said a million times before, when you make a bunch of commitments in the beginning of the emerging of an industry, you're over-promising right out of the gate, no matter how good your intentions are cautiously. You have to be very, very careful with what obligations you take on for a multitude of reasons. Um, But again, this is the beginning of an industry, folks. We're just building. So large companies, I'm sure that they took these brands on with like great intention. I've seen Her Highness. I've seen Heisman. Their brands have some really great look to them. They're well-developed brands. But on the flip side, also, why is a professional athlete being called a social equity brand? Well, I'm guessing that, frankly, I think this is maybe perhaps per wor- poor wording by the reporters. I think the title uh, just because they're, yeah, just because they're minority brands or, or women-owned businesses Women doesn't owned. necessarily make them social equity. Social Because uh, I don't know anything here that I don't know any of these folks calling themselves social equity. I don't think Roz yeah. has a social equity license. Do you, Rico? I don't think she does. I have no idea. I don't. I, either way. 
Um, either way, this is be- ridiculous and bullshit. I mean, uh, it's offensive, actually. It is because I do a lot of advocacy work for social equity and for social justice. To me, it's this this title is very misleading. I mean, it almost is so misleading that I can't even focus on tilt and their decisions. It's 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 the way this is being presented that I have a problem with. Are there any um, other and brand? I have a problem with tilt too, but like the headline is very misleading. Misleading headlines and just like America. Well, either way, it, I don't think Tilt is uh, making the right moves here. Frankly, I don't know if it's just that they don't relate to these brands because they're a bunch of white guys and that's why they feel they can't be in business with them. I have no idea what their reasoning is, but not letting people know that you're breaking ties and all the bullshit. If you got answers, Mandy, if you know the secret goings on of Tilt, please... Uh, Reveal them. No, I don't know I'm- the secret goings on, but what I will say is that you know, the, two, uh, the the third brand on here I'm not familiar with, but I am familiar with Heisman and her and her highness, and both brands are very well developed. Think what people underestimate, like severely underestimate, is the weight that it takes financially and physically to truly um, elevate a brand. It is not a cheap accomplishment the marketing alone costs more than most of your staffing and you're getting started funds i hear you and i'm very familiar with black buddha and roz and she is no dumb boot she's no dumb bunny i mean roz knows what she's no dumb businesswoman um so i think this is tilpy and assholes frankly I mean, how, how do you know that it's I mean, just, it's it's, just tilt again, not... It's a sign of the times, too, because everybody's cutting back. And it's where you're choosing to cut back that everybody starts to pass judgment. Exactly. That's that, that's what I was going to say. How do you know tilt just on their balance sheet? They're, like, looking like they're, they're over... Uh, they've overextended on a lot of different aspects of the business and are realizing that they're not going to have the fi- financial wherewithal to put into these you. brands. I hear you, Jason, but I'm guaranteeing you 100% that there was not... A PR person in this room to look at this and say, wait a minute, you're cutting female brands and you're counting minority brands. Let's talk about this before we just dump them. And if you do want to dump them, then we need to come out with a professional statement why we are choosing not to no longer run with these brands. All this does is make them look like a bunch of racist assholes. That's what it does. I don't buy that. It is a super bad look, but I mean, also, I don't think it makes them racist. Options to cut. I think it makes them look. Well, the, the, PR, the PR team was 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 well aware when they they made the huge announcements that they were bringing on Ricky Williams when they were bringing on Roz McCarthy when they were bringing on Shinnecock Nation, and um, they were nowhere to be found with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's a lot of what's off. going on too. If you look at the MSOs, no matter what state they're in, they are acquiring brands. Mm-hmm. There's companies that are going out and acquiring brands, and some of those companies are basically doing nothing to really scale those brands. They're just hanging on to the IP for a minute and then trickling them out in their own state. Then there's these other companies that are are really doing well. They're scaling into multiple states. Like the the strategy that MSOs are are using for their brands is very confusing, and we'll see what shakes out. I don't know. I, I'm looking at companies like. Um, yeah, everybody's doing licensing deals in other states right now, so we'll just see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. May, or maybe um, hold know, on. Uh, Do you I, think? Doesn't seem like they're 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 too worried about anything. They said they're focusing elsewhere. 
Uh, Roz was Roz was pretty upset, but they didn't um, have any good comments from um, uh, from her highness. Is is, is it possible? Yeah. Is it possible that Tilt did this deal with these with these individual brands with the plan of doing this later on, just so then that way no one else could swoop them up in the marketplace, and then that way they're eliminating more competition for when they ultimately release their own in-house brands. I mean, I feel like be, that's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, no, I, no, I, 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 I've seen it happen before. Deals. Yeah, I guarantee there are exclusive deals for distribution within those states, right? When you sign on with a, a, with a big distributor like that in those states, I guarantee there are exclusive deals. So they, they had no way to build their brand in, uh, with anybody else. And they're just starting from scratch and they just get dropped. Mm-hmm. And the brands are good. They're really good. I can't say if I would have had millions of dollars, they probably would have been brands I would have been looking at to acquire. It's a shame. Um, and Ricky Williams, the um, Ricky Williams, I, I went to play football down in San Diego and they love him down in San Diego. And he's always been a strong cannabis advocate. Um, I got yeah. nothing but respect for Ricky. I actually thought that out of the celebrity brands that were launching in the sports related, like superstar brands, like this one looked to me like it was actually viable. The packaging looked dope. The whole play on the name Heisman with the Heisman that he won in Texas and all that. I thought that was like a, a really smooth play. And like I said, Ricky in California has a lot of love. So he I think does. Ricky's going to be all right. Um, and, and, and a lot of people in the cannabis community actually really know who he is also because of the fact of the persecution that he faced by the NFL when he was at the Miami Dolphins for smoking while being a player. Back when we right. were running our dispensary in 04 and 05, like Ricky used to come to dispensaries and, and come into them. Like this is like when it was still like really taboo mm-hmm. for a, a sports official or a sports figure to be, be doing this. He was very outspoken. So I got nothing but respect. Big up to Ricky. I know he's going to still be successful and good luck to those other brands. Uh, t- I think Tilt made a kind of a bad move right here. I don't know what their spreadsheet looked like, but uh, the optics of this look bad and perception is reality. Well, yeah. I'm yeah, looking at good old Tilt Holdings and I'm not saying that these guys are bigots or what their story is, but if you look at their board, if you look at the exec team, if you look at the heads of all of their departments, there's one black guy and one woman out of like 15 people. There's a whole lot of white guys running this company. From the jump. Oh, man. I can tell you straight up. My well, personal experience. I just want to say yes. one last thing, and this is just like the business side, right? Um, at the end of the day, if your business is struggling, you have to evaluate it and look at what is not providing revenue. Well, I understand that, but there is the a better way to deal it, with it publicly if than the brands, just to if the brands dump them and not tell them. If the brands haven't launched, they're definitely not going to be any revenue. Unfortunate. But, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, we got to go to a commercial. On vapor sciences, uh, on a vape, on vape technology, and um, that part of the company just got sued. They just settled a lawsuit for stolen technology. On that side, is a huge revenue loser for them, and that's who they're going to be focusing on. That was Juniper? Uh, okay. Jupiter Sciences. Jupiter, sorry. And on that, vape we got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
He is the cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer known for spoken the best weed in the world. And right now he's looking for 10,870 likes. <laughs> oh man, you're funny, Rico. Forget. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget it's a kangaroo court and America is turned into a banana republic as we watch. Yes, indeed. But hey, nonetheless, my story has nothing to do with any of that. We're going to save all that for Gretchen's story, and we have a fun little video to play. So I'm just going to hurry up and read this real quick. Um, but I do want to do want to mention that this this story, you know, trigger warning. There is some there there's some death involved in this story, and it's a very very tragic story. So here we go. A son fatally stabs a father in Glenview during an argument over smoking marijuana before work, prosecutors say. In a quote, it says, I am a murderer. A man with blood on his clothes and hands told Glenview police after fatally stabbing his father over an argument about marijuana at their home on Monday, prosecutors said. Isaac Thurston, 20 years old, also said in quotes, I don't know why I did it, and described the argument that led to him attacking his father, Perone Thurston, 50. According to a bond proofer prepared by Cook County prosecutors, father and son began arguing about 6.30 a.m. at their home on the 1100 block of Arbor Lane when the elder Thurston became upset with his son who had smoked marijuana before heading off to work at a coffee shop. Perone Thurston didn't think his son could work in that condition, so he called the coffee shop and told them Isaac wouldn't be coming to work, the proofer said. The argument continued into the kitchen during the dispute, and Thurston grabbed a knife from a block on the counter and stabbed his father once in the left side of his torso, according to the proofer. After he was stabbed, the father called out to his wife that uh, said, Isaac just stabbed me. And the proofer said, Thurston's brother then came into the kitchen and began giving his father chest compressions. Perone Thurston died of his wounds later that morning, the proofer said. And when police arrived, Isaac Thurston was standing inside the home with blood on his clothes and hands, according to prosecutors. That's when he allegedly confessed to the attack. Thurston was arrested and charged with first-degree murder and held on $1 million bail. He was released from custody Tuesday and placed on home electronic monitoring after a man who said he was Isaac's uh, uncle, or Isaac Thurston's uncle, posted bond, according to court records. And uh, this was Thurston's first arrest, according to prosecutors, and his next court date is set for August 29th. Enrico, I just I, I have a couple of questions on this just as, as you being being the dope dad. And I'm just wondering, do you think that it was the right move for the uncle to bail his nephew out of jail after he stabbed his uncle to death? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for asking me, Jason. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're from Chicago, too. So I'm just you know what I mean? I, I, I got to well, ask you this. I don't know the family dynamics. I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, hold on. <laughs> Family dynamics. It, it appears that 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 it, that it's a mother, mother and father. It's not a broken home. Maybe he's the favorite nephew. You know, <laughs> he's the favorite nephew. Nephew. Maybe maybe he's the one who gave him the weed. I I don't know. I don't know. This th th this story is all kinds of troubling to me, and just I'm just like I don't understand why the uncle would bail his nephew out of jail after he just killed his either his brother in law or his brother. Um, I, I'm just I'm just all types of baffled by this story. I think story. we're going to see Kevin Sabet using this as a reason why uh, we should keep marijuana legal. Exactly it makes right. Vicious killers. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly Crazy. right. The prohibitionists yeah. are definitely going to use this story to their advantage. 
The kid's going to work at a fucking coffee shop. He's making fucking coffee. He smoked a joint before he went to work, okay? Why is his old man ratting him out and calling him? He's not coming in. You should fire him. He's a fucking pothead. Well, at the same time, he's he's living living under his father's roof. He's living under his father's roof, Dale, and if the father isn't cool with him going to work high, I mean, that's the parent's right. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah, I mean, right. it's not the parent's right to interfere with your ability to make money, though. Like, that's if, not if, okay. If he is living under his roof, it is. If he's living under his roof, Mandy, it is. Nah, I don't agree with that. I think that there's like a, a mutual respect situation, especially if you're dealing with an adult living under your roof. I'm not I'm not buying that. Are, they're, they're not really adults until they're moved out and supporting themselves on their own. I agree. You know what? If, if 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 his dad snitching on him smoking weed before he goes to work is enough for him to stab him to death, I think yeah, there's, there's a lot more. There's something else going on with yeah. this guy's psychology. Yeah, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that's exactly, that we've not been privy to. That's exactly why I'm asking: Is it okay for the uncle to be able to bail this guy out of jail? We don't, well, we don't, I, this, story, this story right here has nothing to do with marijuana and more to do with mental health issues and processing your emotions and being able to like function inside of a family unit uh the you could have been arguing about anything obviously there's some stuff off here and you know the kid went to the zero to a hundred the dad might have some violence tendency issues we don't know like rico said the background of this whole thing but this really has nothing to do with weed and all to do with mental health issues processing your emotions and too much grand theft auto uh, very much too much grand theft auto when they're adults. Yep, exactly. <laughs> too much grand but we uh we we're we're gonna roll right into Gretchen. We're a little short on time, and I know Gretchen's story is gonna take up some time. We got a little video to play too with this. Oh yeah, coming up. No, don't play any damn video. I'm playing I didn't a request vi- a video. I, I don't Fuck care if you, you. requested this is a video. My story. It's no, your story, you're gonna waste my time video. playing some bullshit no, video. No, I'm playing the video if afterwards. You play this don't video, worry. I'm leaving. Stop I'm out. it. Go for it, Gretchen. Go for your story. Thank you, Jesus Christ. GOP candidate Ramaswamy supports federal marijuana legalization and allowing veterans to use psychedelics. Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy says he supports federally legalizing marijuana and allowing veterans with PTSD to use certain psychedelics. But his campaign is also attacking a recent Fox News article that suggested he supports decriminalizing certain hard drugs, even though he recently said the broader reform would be an important part of a broader strategy. Vivek is in favor of federal legalization of marijuana, his campaign said on Monday, in response to the news report. The current state-level legalization farce contributes to the culture of lawbreaking. It is literally against the law for us to pretend otherwise only undermines the rule of law in this country. Ramaswamy also posted on social media, I support decriminalizing ayahuasca and ketamine for veterans suffering PTSD to prevent the epidemic of fentanyl and suicide. The statements come as the 38-year-old entrepreneur works to clarify his position on drug policy following the Fox News article, which described him as breaking with his party by supporting drug decriminalization. When you strike the swamp, the swamp strikes back, he wrote on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, dismissing the article as more planted trash. Despite painting himself as the victim of a media schmear, however, Ramaswamy did not specify which portions of the Fox report, if any, were inaccurate. And while his campaign comments to Fox News clarified his position on marijuana, it did not address his comments on other drugs. In fact, in a recent interview, Ramaswamy repeatedly described decriminalization as an important piece of a more comprehensive drug policy, emphasizing his view that tighter, broader security and reduced U.S. demand for drugs 
are also essential. I think in the long run, and I'm talking about over a long period of time, decriminalization serially is an important part of the long run solution here. Uh, he said this during an appearance in late June at the Porcupine Freedom Festival in New Hampshire. Ramaswamy said at the event that he's skeptical of prohibition and is not a war on drugs person. He also stressed the availability of psychedelics as a viable alternative for people who are suffering from mental health conditions. I'm probably the only person in modern history of our party that is open to a conversation for veterans. Let's start with PTSD, where there's good evidence for psychedelics from ayahuasca to ketamine. You could actually have an open discussion about rationally giving people off ramps. Uh, keeps going on, yada, yada, yada. Uh, prior to his comments on Monday in favor of federal legalization, the GOP candidate typically said he supported the more limited decriminalization of cannabis. He said, I think it should be decriminalized. I think it's a farce that we have a local regime where it's decriminalized, where the federal government says, wink and nod, look the other way. We've got to catch up with the times. It's not a popular position in the Republican Party. But I, just again, like I said, I had to speak the truth. Uh, who wants to hear what other GOP candidates think? Anybody? Anybody? Yes? No? Or Go else? for it. Go for it. All right. What the hell? Uh, former president and boyfriend of Jason Beck, Donald Trump, has simultaneously described cannabis as a very popular thing. Even while contending, it does damage. Canada has gone all the way, and other countries have gone all the way. Some countries won't do it. He's so fucking eloquent. Uh, he said in a, a recent interview with Newsmax, but I'm going to take a look at some final results. But indications are that it's not exactly helpful. Thank you. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Lordy. Uh, DeSantis, <laughs> for his part, said in June that he would not federally decriminalize cannabis if elected. He says he's concerned about the potency of marijuana, and despite a lack of evidence, the possibility of the products could be laced with more dangerous drugs, such as fentanyl. Mike Pence, uh, who was vice president under Trump, has long been against marijuana use and consistently opposed even incremental reform, claiming that cannabis is a gateway to other illicit drugs. Uh, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, meanwhile, claimed in June that he would not end the drug war if elected, but only partially. He said he wants to focus instead on treatment, but he described a tougher approach for those who sell drugs. The dealers who are making money off this, you bet they should be penalized. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's running as a Democrat, uh, decided to take a swipe at DeSantis over his opposition to reform. And he said, if elected, I will decriminalize cannabis at the federal level. He later declined an invitation to smoke a joint uh, with comedian Bill Maher. Yada, yada, yada. Well, they all suck. If Ramaswamy is our great hope yep. for cannabis, I don't know. Oh, Come man. On. Shout out to hopeful. Vivek. The only thing hopeful here is that it's actually being put out on the national platform by the Republicans. I mean, this Stevie Wonder can see that this shit should be decriminalized. This is nuts. And <laughs> the veterans with PTSD, fuck everyone I know, we're all doing hallucinogenics just to keep our heads on straight, okay? Well, you got to do that rocking. in Joe Biden's America, Dale. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not a big Biden fan, but that orange sphincter still gets under my skin. The orange so. sphincter. This is, I think this is more... You know, just just like the Democrats putting up Joe Biden as a candidate is more indicative of the Democratic Party. I think the fact that uh, Vivek Ramaswampy. Oh, that's good, <laughs> Ramaswampy. That's he, cute. He's going to be the 
he's going to be the inevitable front runner beating out Meatball Ron. I think that's oh yeah, he's already, he's already passed him. He's already passed Meatball Ron. You got to do yeah. You got to do saying that he's a rapper. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Since you brought that up, Rico, uh, play, play this video real quick, Jesse. You're gonna, you guys are gonna love this. This just All shows right. you well, how you guys personal. Don't get to do your story. This is this is how that. personable Terrible. Vivek is. Uh. <laughs> How do you think Eminem got him on the phone? Sign him up right now. Yeah, what do you think Eminem thinks about this? Three sixty contract right now. Give him a three sixty deal. This is this is this is gold right here. This is Vivek performing at the Iowa State Fair the other day, swinging Eminem. That's where you find a lot of rappers at the Iowa State Fair. Apparently so. Apparently so. Apparently so. I bet Tell Holdings is going to give this Tom Cotton. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's Tell Holdings is going to give this guy a deal. That's, oh, that's, we keep asking for a revolution in political office. We keep asking for change and people who are willing to think differently. And his energy kind of excites me as, as much as it's a little cheesy. Yep, and I, oh, I'm, I, 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 I'm a Vivek out. fan. I'm a Vivek fan. I want to fan. point out that Go for the it, Republican Yale. Party lost its mind when Barack Obama became president, Okay. What are they going to do with this guy becomes president because he just has the wrong color of skin? I'm sorry. It's just uh, I don't, at know. Some point I don't know. They're going to be going, I don't know about all that. I, 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 I'm not I'm not buying into that one, Dale. I'm Jason not buying Beck, into he's 100 percent right. What are you talking? I'm about? I'm not buying into that one. GOP core is racist to its soul. I'm, I'm sorry. not buying I got that. Too many of my family. There, there I'm is there is racist. The, the thing is that the, the Democrats are far more racist, in my opinion, than the Republicans are. And you need to look back at well, history because opinion, they were the Jason. original South. They were the Dixiecrats. They were the ones that were the slave masters and all of that. But nonetheless, huh? Why are you bringing up old shit? I'm just bringing up the real shit. You know what I mean? Well, they, if, but if you don't, if you don't, if you don't know where you've been, you're not going to know where you're going. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Back to cannabis. Can we go back to cannabis? Yeah. Either let me just, way. Let me clarify. Let me clarify history real quick. Gretchen is the party's wait. kind of flipped because all the South was Democrats back then, and all the North in, uh, industrial cities were Republican, and now that's kind of flip flop. So the whole like I don't believe that it's flip flopped. I believe they've just amassed the people. The people think that. Uh, oh, Vivek, yep. oh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Right. Anyway, 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 back to me. Yeah, back Earth to Gretchen. Too, right? Back to Gretchen. Back to me. Cannabis. Let's remember cannabis. And, you know, high yes. Nine. Let's let's go to cannabis. Um, it, even if, if pretend some miracle happens and this guy becomes the nominee, mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to help pot anyways. I mean, he's pushing for decriminalization. I mean, sounds the, the, like Joe the, Biden. The, head, the headline I mean, says legalization. Bullshit. The headline says legalization. The headline's wrong. Jason Beck, do you ever read past the headline? I'm just asking That's you. not what the man I'm said. Just, so so we have, we've had two bad headlines today, you're read telling me, Gretchen. We've had two bad headlines today. I will say this, though. The younger Republicans that I've been talking to, like the next generation of Republicans mm -hmm. I've been talking to, are a lot more... Um, open to cannabis and sure. prog more progressive ideas than I have, you know, the the old guard. So a lot of them smoke weed too. A lot of them smoke weed too. Don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted. A lot of them are right, but they need too. the old heads to vote for them because the old heads are the only ones who show up at the polls. That's why they're opposed to cannabis. Well, that's why Gen Z is so trash. <laughs> but with that, we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. <laughs> 
The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Rico, we're just going to roll into Dale. We're just going to roll into Dale. So up next, we have Mr. Armada Law Corp himself, the recently retired foul mouth. Everybody loves him. In the most comfortable chair in front of the mantle, where he reads stories to every one of us every single week. Come to the stage. Y'all know who it is. Dale Schaefer. Hey, good morning, everybody. And for those of you on the left coast, like Gretchen, good afternoon. My story involves intellectual property. And I don't want you to, to get bored here, Gretchen, because I'm going to talk a little about pleadings. Um, not arbitration agreements, but some pleadings. Most of the cases I've been talking about lately have been in the early stages of pleading. This one's further in. This comes out of Law 360. Ex-partners knowingly sold knockoffs, ape maker says. This is a saga about a guy in 2012 developed a tobacco um, trademark, Big Chief. And he went out and registered some products with the Patent and Trade Office, the federal level. You know, the knick-knack, paddywhack shit they give you, shirts, hats, stuff like that. And uh, he sold tobacco products. Um, and registered that name with those products, which are legal. So along about 2018, he uh, invests in a company, and I you know, always screw these acronyms up, but it's um, United Healthcare was one of these, and JRJS, there's just too many damn acronyms. But this company had an agreement with uh, this United company who had a license to manufacture vape products to distribute them. They were basically renting their license, which they're not supposed to do, but it happens. So this guy comes in, invests some money, and he helps them develop um, vape products under a cannabis brand. And he gives them what is described as an oral license to use their IP for cannabis here in California. Start producing big chief brands. Well, this honeymoon lasted about six months and shit went off the rails. Um, this company fired him and another guy who was a shareholder that knew how to make vape cartridges, knew how to market this stuff. and send them packing, and they immediately send a cease and desist letter out and said, you can't use Big Chief anymore. So the pissing match is going on. This, this plaintiff ran down and registered Big Chief with California as a trademark for cannabis, um, brought in another company to do his manufacturing and distributing, and then they took control of this um, IP brand, the trade trademark here. So what happened is this, this company that... Uh, uh, they had an oral agreement for IP that was rescinded, kept making these products. And they did it in ways that were openly nefarious and against all these trademark rules. And they were also making this sit and selling it out the back door. So what these plaintiffs did, they sent three times, they sent undercovers in to buy these products, not only in the legitimate market and in the black market. They bought them, they took a lick at them, they were misbranding them, and they weren't testing them because they're full of pesticides and all this other crap they're not supposed to have. So then the suit happens. In December of 2020, the suit gets filed. Within a month, they're in court, and the court closes this company down from using their IP. So the pissing match is on. And 
We're in the stage of this case where they've gone out and deposed a bunch of people. They set them down under oath, probably with a video camera going, and he swore to tell the truth. So they've got a lot of things developed here. It's not just pure allegations. And it turns out that these guys were caught misbranding this product using the wrong license, set up a phony website so you could check it and make sure, oh, yeah, it's legit. And so they were sued for violating their Unfair Trade Practices Act here in California and also for infringement on trademarks. This defendant group countersued. So now what we're at is a pleading stage where they're asking the court to just dismiss a lot of this on what we call summary judgment or summary adjudication. Because there isn't anything else to talk about. There's no material faction dispute. This plaintiff owned all this stuff before it was ever brought to them. Uh, the first lawful user was this plaintiff. They were selling it out the back door, which is illegal, and you don't get any IP rights for doing that. So we're going to see how the other side responds. They were alleging these guys were ripping them off and stealing money from them and things like that, and we'll see if that makes any difference. But at its core, this is an intellectual property dispute, okay? and the, the, the Tilt brand um, dispute we just talked about involves intellectual property. They have some sort of licensing rights to this. They just cut them loose. So we're going to see a lot of intellectual property disputes coming forward here uh, as brands get cut. They get you know, stood upon by other people trying to steal their IP, where they're going to fight this out. And this group is asking for over $6 million in damages for what they did. So these can be very expensive uh, infringements of other people's intellectual property rights. Gretchen, I see you're still awake. I appreciate it. You didn't fall asleep on me. The jury's still there with me. Okay, guys, what do, people, what do you think? I don't want to be too misogynist here and say just guys, but what do you all think? <laughs> oh, we all gone woke. Yeah. <laughs> right? I got granddaughters that ring me up and complain if I get too far off the rails here. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'm I'm a little, a little shocked that a vape company was back during product. I can't believe oh, yeah. this. Aren't we shocked? Oh my goodness. Well, what what I noticed is that these guys have to understand what they were doing was a crime and also could cost licenses here. So they actually set for depositions and ratted themselves out. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm 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 with Benson on this when he says in the chat he says there's no IP on mixing fake terps with distillate. <laughs> I'm I'm with him on that. I'm with I'm with him on that. That's no IP. There's just you know what I mean? A little terp here, that, a little terpy terp there, and it's well, I, yeah. I have to disagree because that's a trade secret which has some IP rights. The IP rights of a registered trademark and copyrights, those are a whole different story. That's what we're talking about here. Your special formulation is a trade secret, and I have my clients keep that shit. It's like Coca-Cola's formula. Keep it locked up. Nobody knows it, even though it's just sugar and water. Yeah, I, I got a question, Dale. I got a question, Dale. Because anyone can buy whatever terps or whatever and buy whatever distillate and put it together and put it together. How do you know you're not going to have two different companies that make the exact same thing and then all of a sudden they, they, they try to patent the exact same formula? Well, you just mis miscombobulated a lot of IP rights here, okay? You have a right to mix up whatever you want if you have a license to make that product and sell it. But what's the name you're going to attach to it? I mean, you can make Coca-Cola because the scientists can back, back craft it, but you can't call it Coca-Cola. That's one of those pissing matches. The other one is you can't patent this stuff. Okay? It's, it's illegal. If it ever 
it's not illegal. We'll see where the patent office draws these lines about what's a patentable product, because I don't know that we understand that yet. I might have like a slight minority view in this, but to me, the whole like patenting cannabis and saying like this cannabis part is my, like, I get the IP part of like a logo or a brand and all that. And that's what you're, you're, you're copywriting and trademarking. I get that. That's, that's legit. But like for you to say like, oh, I grabbed granddaddy and I crossed it with Durban poison and I came up with this strand and now nobody else in the world can use this strand. Like, yo, those two strands that you crossed weren't your strands in the beginning. So like, and if you keep backtracking all the way, like it goes to a point where nobody owned anything. So like the actual plant part of it, like I don't, I'm, I don't support that, but I get it on like the IP part of the brand and the logos. But let me tell you this, America, if I ever launch a brand bootleg my shit, cause that means I made it. Yeah. 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 Well, the problem is that these plants can't be over the trap, baby. without making some change to it. So they use this technology <laughs> To attach something to the DNA of a plant that they can call it. Monsanto did this. They they put this all out there. They'll attach something to this the DNA and they'll register that. And I've got some seed company clients that I've tried to warn them, man, you be real careful what you do because this shit's going to get stolen. It'll be called something that won't be yours anymore. How do you protect it when it's federally illegal? Um, and there, about five years ago, a company went out and put every genetic they could find into the public domain so now you can't patent shit that's in the public domain what was that philo's so was that philo's was that a philo's yeah, play of, well we don't have the answers yet because the ip guys i work with just shake their head and go it's still federally legal we'll cross that bridge when that changes and see how we're going to patent these things if possible i don't i don't favor it i don't favor patenting no plants. I just think it's nuts. Patents, patents overall, because we have so many patent trolls in the U.S. Apple is the biggest patent troll in the history of the United States, and it stifles innovation. Just saying, like, how are you going to make better stuff? And, you know, when and stuff is locked up. But well, it's being a corporate bully, Rico. You know, yep. the reason you you get IP rights and something is that you're going to beat the shit out of anybody who dares to to copy it. And that's, yep. we have it in our constitution. We have a federal patent trade office. Every state has these things too, because it's critical to capitalism that you protect these rights to make money off products that you own. Yep. You know, Apple I'm has- I'm trademarks on birds. When yeah, I think, I think Apple has like, like, a trademark that bird, that shit's mine. I crossed it with another bird. Okay, just so I'm oh, clear. Uh, everybody here is against <laughs> patent. That's what we're saying. I'm not against I, 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 I didn't say I was against. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Luke, is, is Luke, Luke please Hold on. clarify. Luke, Luke brings this. Well, well, you know, Apple has tens of thousands of patents that they have no plans of ever making just so sure. competitors won't come close to what, what they're doing. Okay. Wouldn't that, wouldn't wouldn't that be called more protecting your asset, though, Rico? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't say I was against it. I'm just calling it what it is. I'm reporting. <laughs> Okay. All the right. news, fair man. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is. It is what it is. It, 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 I, I didn't make the game. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, we got to We, we got to roll. We got to keep it going. We got a couple stories still left, and we got to get. We got to get to those. Yeah. We're gonna keep it rolling. We're gonna roll right into the. She's a mom. She's also a cannabis operator, as well as being an edibles judge 
for the Emerald Cup. She wants to show you how motherhood and an executive lifestyle all go hand in hand. That's right, it's none other than the Mandy Tingler. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I'm getting you some real-time news. It just came out of Germany this morning. The headline reads, German Cabinet OKs Landmark Bill Over Legal Cannabis Use. Germany's cabinet passed a contentious bill early this morning to legalize recreational marijuana use and cultivation, one of the most liberal cannabis laws in Europe that could potentially provide further momentum for a similar worldwide trend. Legislation, which still has part, would, would still have to pass parliament, would allow adults to possess up to 25 grams of the drug, grow a maximum of three plants, or acquire weed as associates of nonprofit cannabis clubs. Center-left government of Chancellor Olaf Schlotz hopes that the law will curb the black market, protect consumers against contaminated marijuana, and reduce drug-related crime. A key pillar of the plan, which removes the taboo around cannabis use, is also a campaign to raise awareness about its risks, which should ultimately curb consumption, they think. Uh, and this, this campaign would not gain the same level of attention if it were introduced change in the law, said Heath Minister, Health Minister Carl Lauterberg. The current procedures, we could not seriously protect children and young people, topic has been made a bit taboo. We have rising problematic consumption. We couldn't simply allow this to go on, he said. So, if, so this is an important turning point in drug policy. The number of adults in Germany aged between 18 and 25 years old that consume cannabis at least once nearly doubled in 2021 from the previous decade, 25% according to the health ministry. Young adults are considered more vulnerable to the health risks. New legislation will limit the amount of cannabis young adults can buy to 30 grams a month compared to 50 grams for older adults. Criticisms, though, from both sides, of course, the opposition to legalize is fierce, with the conservative policymakers in particular warning that, that it will encourage marijuana use and that the new legislation will create even more work for authorities. This law will be linked to a complete loss of control, Armin Schuster said, who's a conservative interior minister of the state of Saxony. UN narcotics watchdog said in March, er, said in March moves by governments to legalize the recreational use of marijuana have led to increased consumption and cannabis-related health problems. I don't know what those might be. Maybe you're always hungry or getting some better sleep. I'm not really sure. But Latterbaugh said Germany <laughs> had learned from other countries' mistakes. Schlott's government has already watered down original plans to allow the widespread sale of cannabis in licensed shops after consultations with Brussels. Instead, it said he would launch a pilot project for a small number of licensed shops in some regions to test the effects of a commercial supply chain of recreational cannabis over the course of five years. For that, it will need to present separate legislation in a second phase. Similar, such projects already exist or are planned in the Netherlands and Switzerland. Many countries in Europe have already legalized cannabis for limited medicinal purposes, including Germany since 2017. 
others have decriminalized its general use. Malta became the first European country to allow limited cultivation and possession of cannabis for personal use in late 2021. Germany would become the first major European country to do so. The legislation presented today includes strict rules for growing weed. Cannabis clubs of up to 500 associates must have burglar-proof doors and windows, greenhouses that are fenced off. Associates will not be allowed to smoke weed in the clubs or in the vicinity of schools, nurseries, playgrounds, or sports grounds. Germany's Hemp Association said the rules were, quote, unrealistic, and the black market could only truly be fought with the introduction of cannabis retail. Now, there was one part of this article that got me a little bit excited and also a little bit conf- or concerned, which was those, those, are those couple of retail stores that get to operate over the course of five years and see how it goes. I don't know about you guys, but I really want to get to Germany and get one of those retail licenses as fast as possible. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, though, on Germany. I'm very excited for them. I'm sad for the U.S. that we're not being more progressive here. But I can't wait to hear what you guys think about Germany and all the what's ups over there. And this is Mandy, a.k.a. Carmen Sacramento, coming at you live from Hyatt Night. Ein Brosig, ein Brosig. Oktoberfest is going to be lit. Dude, it's, it's going to be super lit. The you know, yeah. the crossfade is going to be yeah. incredible. Giant beers, yeah. giant blunts, and all kinds of uh, crazy schnitzel and uh, hold on. They do they do the boot. Shit. They do the glass boot boot uh, beers out oh, there, yeah. right? So, so so yeah, it's going to perfect yeah. for boots and blunts as as an event. Uh, this is going to just pop off. Yeah, boots, boots and blunts. Bongs and blunts. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know what? In, 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 the, in the German people. They're, they're, they're larger than Americans and they're just more active. Uh, they don't have like the stress issues. And um, it might be because they have um, they're, they're huge champions of socialist equity over there, Jason. Well, well also, also, too, also, too, the trap is alive and well out there. And all the trappers are going to be happy to get euros over dollars for all of their product when they're out there. And you, you know what was a huge win for uh, for Germany uh, psychologically, you know, after the Holocaust was reparations. Mm hmm. <laughs> oh boy! It really did go. help. Yeah, it helped out a lot. It helped a lot. I feel, mm-hmm. How you feeling about that one, Rico? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, Rico. It, it helped. It helped mend a lot of the psychological uh, um, uh, barriers that were between them and a lot of the Jewish folks out there. Go Deutschland. Uh, this this <laughs> article right here, like I'm I'm with Mandy on that. I want one of those five exclusive licenses that go out to the whole country. That's talking about a golden ticket yeah that's like a florida uh, license right there for real right? like the hip-hop listen the american hip-hop scene in germany is huge too so i think that confluence of with that and cannabis i think is a really cool mix too so that's dope good good shit germany hopefully the, they can do it right some of the biggest edm concerts in the world take place there too they need to sign david hasselhoff to a brand and they will crush the oh the hoff Yes, yes no. they, would, they would crush Gretchen. They would crush on that. That's for sure. Yes, indeed. Oh, we got to keep it rolling here, everybody. Um, so what we're going to be doing is bringing in the author, activist, entrepreneur, OG trailblazer, justice aficionado himself and dope girl dad, my man, Luke Scarmazzo. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Uh, 
My boy Cosmo dropped the album yesterday. It's called If Tomorrow Never Comes. Uh, go check it out. Got some dope tracks by Jada Kiss on there. Burner on that thing. I was listening to it this morning. So shout out to uh, Cosmo. This story right here comes to you from NBC's affiliate, KARC in Arkansas. And this is for, I mean, you know, I love like, I love the outlaw roots of this, of this um, industry. Anytime I can like talk about them and talk about the craziness that used to go on back in the day and then see it in some of the other states, see that craziness. Uh, I always like to cover it for us. So um, here's the, for people who are a, found, a fan of some good old fashioned Southern policing. Purple, purple hazen. People's police seize 148 pounds of marijuana on the I-40. You never know where you may be passing, who you may be passing driving on the I-40. Sunday, Saturday in Hazen, officers found a full trunk load of drugs, and it was captured all on live TV. The department weighed 148 pounds of marijuana. Chief Bradley Taylor stated the driver was pulled over initially for following too closely. But her suspicions answered when a growing smell turned what could have been a warning in a, into a class A arrest. We popped the trunk and yeah, it's full of marijuana, but we don't know. It's like a Christmas present. When you unwrap it on Christmas morning, you don't know what you're going to get. It could be marijuana. It could be meth. It could be fentanyl. And it could be cocaine. All right. So body dash cams of the show that the skunk was in the trunk packed to the brim. The copious amount of cannabis was was Hazen Police Department's largest ever seized in one stop, according to Chief. Canine officers Bosco alerted when the drivers saw the trunk open, and her response was, it's not mine. <laughs> Did you drive it, Taylor asked? Yeah, but it's not mine. <laughs> Taylor explained to her in Arkansas, when you're driving with it in the possession, you will get charged. Possession of the pus stuff landed her with charge of possession of a controlled substance with intent to deliver. Because I state I-40 I from Oklahoma and Interstate 30 from Texas combined from Little Rock to Memphis, Chief Bradley Taylor says they've seized over 750 pounds of illegal drugs at the, at the bottleneck this year. We've got these here, and this is probably one of a thousand that drove by, Taylor said. Arkansas State Police took more than 8.5 million worth of the drug off Iowa, off Interstate 40 in July in just two traffic stops. Um, yeah, so, you know, the trap is still alive in a lot of these other states. Um, rolling packed to the rim with, uh, it reminds me of the old days of us like driving down from Mendo and stuff, 50 packs and 100 packs in the car. I was never driving too closely to an officer or to somebody else. I don't know what was going on with that, but you know, Hey, look, it is what it is. You try to bust your move. Sometimes you make it. Sometimes you don't. Did uh, interesting to see what some of my rest of my correspondents have to say. This is Luke at high at nine news Wednesday. Let's holler about it. He just broke my fundamental rule. Don't break more than one law at a time. You fucking idiot. Yeah. Why, why, Plus, pack your shit up so don't stink like that so much. Come why, on, guys. Why did they? Why, why, why did they get pulled over, Luke? In the first place? It said they were following too closely. Was that was the quote? Following too closely. Stay up. That's probably like Stay the. Interstate forty. I, I, it's is, called tailgating. Is, is this America's dumbest criminals? You're going to tailgate a cop while you got a load in the back? <laughs> well, you're smoking a blunt, right? I mean, that's just stupid. That's it.
That's just well, that guy stupid, who killed though. those kids in Idaho, he got pulled over like three times for tailgating on his way back to Pennsylvania. Mm. Just saying. Three times, he didn't have huh? Full of weed. It's a thing. Yeah, he just murdered four people. Yeah. I mean, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> the South is different. Like the South, weed is still very much the devil's lettuce. Um, I, I spent time down in Mississippi and Louisiana, um, and listen, man, they weed is equated with all the worst vices and drugs in the world down there. They're still mm-hmm. very conservative and they, they're starting to come around. They're starting to wake up a little bit. I hope that we can nudge them a little bit, but man, the South, listen, it, it's a, it's yep. a different, different beast down there. Yeah. No, the next door over in Alabama where uh, Jason uh, Beck's favorite, uh, Sarah Buckabee, uh, Huckabee Sanders. Uh, she has yeah. a, a great love for weed over there, doesn't she? Oh, man. But uh, we were at the top of the hour, everybody. That was a, was a really good one, uh, Luke. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of High 9 News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to the Superfans showing love, getting their comments live on the big screen, live audience, online supporters, catching us across all media platforms, tuning in for the conversations every single day. To our vetted correspondent team, tuning in from all over, bringing as much needed variety, perspective, and your respected opinions to the table. Our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, all our sponsors keeping the lights on and AV struggles to a minimum, and Jaja Simone holding us down on the other platforms too. As always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason we show up to read these headlines daily. Thank you. It has been Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. The show is over and you've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope is enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until Thursday. Dale Schaefer, get the outro today, my man. What you got for us, man? Well, a wise man speaks when he has something to say and a fool speaks just to say something. There you go.